And also the thing about masks, it was so political, right? Like it was just, everyone had really passionate feelings about it. And our kids at home are hearing that, you know, kids were coming to school saying, you could die. You could die if you don't put on a mask. They would say, oh, don't play with Rosalind. She has COVID. I mean, just, you know, elementary stuff. But at the same time, these kids didn't come up with these things on their own. You know, when Fauci said double mask, there was a, a child in her classroom that walked up to her and said, I'm having to wear this double mask because of you. Hey, Joyful Warriors, Tiffany Justice here with the Joyful Warrior podcast. I'm really excited about today's episode today because we have one of our own Joyful Warriors, one of our Moms for Liberty chapter chairs, Ginny Lauren Dowden from Washington County, Arkansas. And Ginny, Welcome to the Joyful Warrior Podcast. I'm so excited for you to be here because I know, like me, you're a mom who has been in the trenches fighting for our kids on so many different issues. So welcome. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, first of all, thank you, Tiffany. This is so much fun. Honestly, I never thought that you would call me and say, come on our podcast. Um, So this is really exciting to be able to um, share a story and talk about our county um, a little bit about me and my family. Uh, we are from Arkansas. I was born and raised here. Um, I love Arkansas. Went to school here in Fayetteville, University of Arkansas. My family and I, we relocated to Dallas for several years. And there I had the privilege of working um, for Dr. Robert Jeffress at First Baptist Dallas. Um, just a wonderful, beautiful community there in Dallas. But we felt like it was time to come back to Arkansas and be near family. And so right before COVID in 2019, we moved back to Northwest Arkansas. Uh, this is where all of my family is. Um, I have an eight-year-old daughter, Rosalind. And at the time, I was about to give birth to our, uh, she's now three and a half, Eliza. Um, and so it was just really nice to come back here and be around family. And, um, you know, it, it's funny when you are in a big city like Dallas and you think about coming back to Arkansas, you think we're leaving all of those problems behind that come with school districts or a big city and what the culture is like there. And so I really thought that when we moved back to Fayetteville, um, it just shows how naive I really was at the time. Um, that I thought everything would be fine. I didn't have anything to worry about. And I think um, between the move and then COVID happening, and that was uh, such a silver lining for a lot of us parents, um, it just really changed everything. I think you're absolutely right. I think it really, Tina and I served on school board. We always talk about, we got to see behind the education curtain yeah. when we were on the school board, but I think then all of America got to see behind the education curtain. And I think you certainly are one of those moms that did. So tell us, you moved back Mm -hmm. to Arkansas, Rosalind, uh, COVID hits uh, March, 2020, uh, the world comes to a stop, right? We we closed schools in Florida on March 13th. Um, I I don't know, you could tell us a little bit. So COVID starts happening. What's happening in Fayetteville Public Schools in Arkansas during that time? And Rosalind was in third grade at the time, is that correct? She was in, so when they closed, that was second grade. Or when, when COVID okay, hit, that second was second grade. grade. And so she, yes. So okay. that, like you mentioned, around March, and um, we were out for spring break. I'm sure like a lot of uh, parents and, and schools were. It was around the time that spring, and, but then we never came back, right, after spring break. Right. And we pivoted to um, online learning. And that was hard. Um, there were a lot of transitions at that time. I think that um, our teachers and staff 
understandably so, we're not prepared for um, what those next several weeks would look like with having the kids at home and they're having to figure things out. At the same time, it um, it provided parents an opportunity to really tune in and hear what was going on in the classroom with the students and the teachers. And I can remember there was one distinct time that Rosalind was kind of set up in a living room. We had her set up in, in there and I was in the kitchen uh, with my baby. And I just heard some things that, mm, that, that doesn't sound right. I'm not, I'm not comfortable with that. And so I think from then on, you know how your, your mom radar, your mom instincts like really kick in to make you pay attention more. And so um, at the time, though, still, I loved Fateful Schools. I had worked in administration there years and years ago. I have family that are uh, teachers now in the district. And so um, I think, though, still, the benefit of the doubt, you know what, this is a hard season for all of us. And so I'm going to give the district the benefit of the doubt. And let's just see how we can move from from there. Um, So we were closed that entire the rest of that spring semester. Um, going into, uh, summer and the fall, we had a special election for school board for the school board. We had two amazing candidates run. Um, I did help one of them. And at the time, um, there were some things that were coming out of the district from teachers, uh, sharing with that candidate, um, just, uh, confidentially. And I'll, was a journalist. I majored in journalism. Uh, I love to to get to the bottom of things, and so um, I'm like, where where are these policies and procedures coming from? Um, one particular document was about diversity coaches in school buildings, and I was like, this is weird. What is this about? And so, long story short, um, during that summer between uh, the beginning of COVID and going into the fall, we learned about a five year DEI equity plan, and that really. Um, you know, just to see the five-year equity plan, to see how all of these uh, ideas and practices were going to be implemented in our schools were already happening. We just didn't know about it yet was really alarming. And so, um, you know, we go through the summer and, but at the forefront of everyone's mind still is COVID, right? Like um, they're worried about the masks, they're worried about COVID, they're worrying about getting sick, they're worrying about being around other people. And so um, I had this whole, you know, DEI plan over here, like, this is huge. This is something, this is, this is big that we need to pay attention to. But the main focus was COVID and masks. And so um, they put the mask mandate in place for the district and the policy stated um, to, 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 um, if, if you want to have an exemption, you just simply need a doctor's note. And it was really interesting at that time, Tiffany, that um, I had originally had conversations with her pediatrician here. And one of the nurses, I can remember, specifically said, oh, I have asthma and I'm in a mask all day long. That poor baby cannot be in a mask. So that was the nurse that I talked to here. But when my pediatrician called me back, no, sorry, no mask exemptions. and. Uh, it just did not feel like we were putting kids first, right? It was more about an agenda. It was more about going along with and making sure that everyone here in Northwest Arkansas specifically is on the same page and handles it the same way. I don't think Fateful, I don't think the district wanted anyone to get out of step. And um, but I knew I couldn't send my daughter to school eight hours a day in a mask. It was wrong. Um, 
at the time, I understand that people said that um, it was beneficial. I did not believe that. Um, and so I just continued to, to, to fight. And uh, we saw another doctor who um, was very like-minded uh, with COVID. And they were able to give her a doctor's note. Um, and so then we started the school year. With a doctor's note and a medical exemption for the doctor's note. Yeah, I mean, and I will... Asking, excuse me, sorry. Okay. Yeah, and I will say... Um, the policy only said a doctor's note is needed. But what's interesting is a few days before uh, school began, the assistant principal left a voicemail and said, we're going to need uh, additional documentation uh, for this math exemption to be in place. And, uh, you know, my first thought is, no, you don't. I read the policy. There's one document needed. And, but at the same time, like, you know what, I can do that. I can do that. I can provide you with an asthma action plan. That's not a problem whatsoever. We've done those before. I'm happy to provide that, and which I did. But the goalposts continued to move. Well, we're going to need this. Well, we're going to need this. And so um, the principal of her elementary school called me on the first day, and he said, hey, I just want to let you know, Rosalind's having plenty of mask breaks. And I went, er, what? Um, she doesn't right. need mask breaks because she's not wearing a mask. And he said, oh, at all? I said, no, she's not wearing a mask at all. Um, I said, you have the documentation that you need. I said, I want to make sure that we're not moving the goalpost here. I said, because either you accept the doctor's note or the district has to rewrite the policy. And he said, I understand. I understand. And um, from then on, she was maskless in the school. And, you know, Tiffany, it was hard. It was a hard year for her. No doubt. And so... You know, one of the things about the masking, I have said before, it was it was all about the masks and it was never about the masks, right? The masks hurt kids. There is no yeah. doubt that masks caused harm to some children. And certainly there were children who, who needed uh, medical exemptions for masking, mm-hmm. but there were a lot of subclinical harms to masking um, for children who had attention deficit issues, yeah. for example, other issues that masking was very difficult. And, you know, Jenny, I, I know I've shared with you, I've shared with most of America now, the yeah. fact that my own son struggled uh, wearing yeah. a mask and, and there was a lot of hypocrisy around it. In, mm-hmm. in my third grader's class, he could take lots of breaks um, and, and wouldn't have to wear his mask at his desk. And then my fifth grader, who was really struggling, uh, wasn't allowed to have any breaks uh, yeah. and, and, and had the mask on all of the time. And he used to come home and say to me, Mom, I feel like I can't breathe. I can't Man. see. I can't hear. When I have mm-hmm. the mask on, I, I feel like I just I have to tear it off. And um, that was really, really hard to to hear as a mom. And I went, I went and 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 did the same thing as you and and went to try to, you know, fight for him and to have a space in his classroom. And um, my goodness, when I went into that classroom that day, they had me followed with a police officer, like I was some type of a, a real issue uh, right. to be dealt with. Even though I had, you know, again, you guys heard me on the last podcast, four years on school board, really good mm-hmm. background check, never an issue. But, you know, this, the masking and the control of the masking seemed to be um, a really uh, big deal, right? Yeah. And and, it, and there was a lot of inconsistency. I mean, I know you've shared even in, in Fayetteville public schools uh, or with districts around Arkansas, there, there was not a lot of consistency when it came to masking, was there? No, there wasn't. And a lot of area schools, there were some districts in Arkansas who never implemented a mask mandate. 
whatsoever. And uh, we are in, um, in in Northwest Arkansas. We're in the we're the top Northwest corner of the state, and we have some of the the, the biggest districts here: Fayetteville. Bentonville and Springdale and Fayetteville kept their mask mandate longer than any other district. And I think that's what it was. It was all about. It was about control. It was not about the kids. It was not about parents. Uh, And what's really interesting, I think, about the mask mandate is I think that um, a lot of people were compliant and understanding in the very beginning. But then when it rolls into another school year and we know that they're not effective, we know that it's harming our kids. even then, there were there were parents on both sides, conservative and liberal parents who could not be further on the political spectrum, who realized and came together and said, enough's enough. But what's interesting is even when that happened, the district did not back down. They it was as if they could not admit that they were wrong, uh, despite the fact that they had parents coming to them and uh you know, and 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 proof that it was harming students. It was as if, you know, they just nope. We're, we're not gonna we're not gonna concede this battle because then, to them, maybe that was um, them losing control a bit. And also the thing about masks, it was so political, right? Like it was just everyone had really passionate feelings about it, and our kids at home are hearing that, or if the news is on, they're hearing about the masks. And, um, you know, kids are coming to school saying, you could die. You could die if you don't put on a mask. Some other kids were saying, I can't come near you. I can't play with you. They would say, oh, don't play with Rosalind. She has COVID. I mean, just, you know, elementary stuff. But at the same time, these kids didn't come up with these things on their own. You know, when Fauci said double mask, there was a, a child in her classroom that walked up to her and said, I'm having to wear this double mask because of you. Wow. <laughs> you know, My son yeah. went through the same thing. Back of the classroom, made to be ostracized, wasn't allowed to participate in, you know, yeah. circle time and other things. And and I, the day that I spent in the classroom with him, um, I, when he wasn't wearing a mask, it, it was awful. Um, yeah. All of the kids went to sit down together to to have a conversation, and the teacher told him while I was sitting there to uh, get out of the circle. He wasn't allowed mm-hmm. to to sit with them, and, and I watched as he walked um, out. He got up from his chair awkwardly and walked to the front of the classroom and started to Man. cry. And I was sitting uh, at a table on the side watching my son's heartbreak mm-hmm. um, and embarrassment, and just just in awe that yeah. that there was uh, a human being an adult that would treat a child like that and and um certainly i mean my goodness in front of his mom too so yeah. um i wasn't allowed to take pictures or video that day but i was taking a lot of notes and uh, i did share all of that information with the district but it it was not handled uh, in a professional or appropriate manner i want to take a second jenny to play uh, the video of you speaking at your school board meeting. Um, Because people who know Moms for Liberty, we exercise our our (laughs) rights and our First Amendment rights to address our government, right? And and to to speak freely about the issues impacting our families. And so let's take a second, let's watch your video, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about it a little bit. My daughter was a student in the Fayetteville Public Schools until last month. Uh, We were fortunate enough to be able to remove her from the Fayetteville Public Schools and place her in a private school setting. We could no longer stand by and watch the direction of this district become an activist institution for social justice issues, focusing on achieving specific behavioral and ideological outcomes rather than focusing on reading, writing, and arithmetic. 
It has been said to me recently, you don't even have a child in the school system anymore. What do you care? Imagine if we applied that same flawed logic to other scenarios, whether it be broken systems and institutions or nonprofit organizations and charitable foundations, are we not to advocate on behalf of children served by these institutions? As taxpayers of the school, of the school district, we are advocates and we can no longer stand by and be complicit in the indoctrination of these kids. Over the last year during the pandemic, parents have found that we can no longer take things at face value and have blind trust. That trust has been broken and it is gone. The public school system is not teaching our children to think independently and critically. The system is failing our children. When you say you're teaching our children how to think, not what to think, that is a lie. When you have signs like the one in a Fayetteville High School classroom that says science is real, women's rights are human rights, black lives matter, no human is illegal, love is love and kindness is everything, that is dogma, that is indoctrination, that is telling our kids what to think, not how to think. And you know, my daughter was unmasked at her elementary school all last year and every single day she was made fun of it. Kids would ridicule her and bully her about not wearing a mask. They warned other kids not to go and play with her because she had COVID. Uh, she could not only, uh, they would say, you know, she could not only make them sick, but that she could also possibly kill them. When Dr. Fauci recommended everyone double mask, there was a kid that came to her classroom double masked. That kid walked up to her and said, I'm having to wear this double mask because of you. Where is the kindness there? I've seen the yard signs. I've seen the posters. Where do children learn such attitudes? Could it be from home? Possibly but I can't help but recall the propaganda video the district published last year called the COVID shuffle. When the bulldog mascot approached you, Dr. Colbert, and you motioned him away saying, no, 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 not you. You're not wearing a mask. That's disheartening and our kids deserve better. When it comes to gender, when it comes to abortion and morality and sexuality, many of you think that teachers and the public school bureaucracy have more of a right to indoctrinate our kids with their worldview than we do as parents. And we reject that notion. When you introduce curriculum and books that are currently on the shelves right now at the Fayetteville Public Schools, Lawn Boy, as Paul mentioned, Gender Queer, two books recently that have been removed out of a Virginia school district for pornographic content, and then not my idea about whiteness, you are promoting an agenda that is inappropriate for the public school system. It has no place in our school library. Not my idea literally says whiteness is a bad deal. These children are getting these books, why? You are failing them. You are not thinking about the welfare of our children. This is not about taking care of them. It is about social engineering at its core. Thank the you. goal is to create social justice activists. As long as you continue down this path, we will stand up defending our children and defending education. Thank you for your time. Okay, so I'm so proud right now. You don't understand. I was smiling ear to ear. Um, I heard, I heard someone. There was a I lot heard someone yelling in, in the background. Yeah, there was a lot packed in there. You got a lot in in that short amount of time. But uh, my goodness, uh, you know. But I think your point about the kindness and the inclusivity is so important. So let's talk about that for a little bit, yeah. and then I want to show that video of the COVID shuffle. I want to watch that with you. I want our audience to see the propaganda that was happening in this school district. I think it's so incredibly important. But let's just chat a little bit for a second. Sure. Were you nervous? Um, did you prepare? Like, how did you decide what you were going to say? What did Rosalind think? What did your husband think? I'm just, I have so many questions right now. Yes. Yeah, so heck yes, I was nervous. 
especially when we have yeah. such a, uh, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and, and the, the thing I about know. Fayetteville, Fayetteville is a very liberal community and conservatives do not speak out here. You just don't. And um, they will literally come for you, come for your family. It, you just try to destroy your life if you really speak out. And so, um, and, you know, so conservatives are worried about a lot of things here. Um, we don't have the the freedom and the liberty to say what we want the way that uh, liberals do. And so, yes, I was very worried. Um, I was very nervous. This was uh, out of my element big time. But, um, you know, I thought if if I don't say something, if I don't do something, what am I one? What am I teaching Roslyn? And two, how can I expect there to be any change? Am I, nothing's going to happen if I just sit on my hands and say, oh, hope the mask mandate is gone next year. Mm, you know, hope they stop pushing this DI in the schools and this transgender identity uh, issue in the schools. Hope it goes away. And so um, Rosalind was proud. Uh, she was excited that I was going to do it. My family, um, they were also behind me, but they were just like, oh, good luck. You know, because again, it's not something that we're used to. Our school board meetings here are normally very, um, you know, I mean, they're normal school board meetings, right? Not a lot of people show up. Uh, people really aren't that involved. Um, like I mentioned in the video, there's just that blind trust that everything's going smoothly and great. And, you know, for the most part, parents attend their soccer games and baseball games. And, um, but, but I, I realized at that point and, and with, with the mask and the DI and everything going on, it was like, I, I can't not say something. All right, Jenny. So let's show this COVID shuffle video. Cause I really <laughs> want people to get a sense of the level of like what you were really dealing with. Cause I think, you know, it's so interesting to me, you know, we're in 2023 now, um, that we're talking about 2020, 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's important that we don't forget what was said and what was done because in, I believe there were crimes against children that were perpetrated yeah. in this country and never again, can we allow, uh, for our children to be treated in this manner for the youth of our nation, adults are supposed to protect children. Children are not yeah. supposed to protect adults. And so, um, let's play this video now and then we can, uh, we can, Because all of America really does need to see it, I think. (laughs) Okay. Dancing is taking social media by storm. All you have to do is open up TikTok, Instagram, or Twitter, and you can see people of all ages from all over the world busting a move. (laughs) Of course, it's a great way to bring people together and spread a little cheer. Well, here in NWA, an awareness campaign centered around COVID precautions, taking a similar approach. Joining us uh, is Dr. John L. Colbert, Superintendent of Fayetteville Public Schools, with details on the COVID COVID shuffle. shuffle. Love it. Hey, Dr. Colbert. Good morning. How are you? Good. Great. Good, good to good, see good. you. Tell us all about the COVID shuffle campaign. Well, as we look at this, as you know, uh, Classic University is working with the Chamber of Commerce to raise awareness of COVID safety measures, which is called hand face space. <laughs> and they assist us to assist in this effort and produce some wonderful materials for us to share with all the students, as well as the awareness video and the TikTok dance that we created. And this is to stress the theme hand-based space. And so we're kind of excited that they have uh, selected us to be partners with them to get this kicked off. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Talk about the importance of launching this campaign, especially right now, Dr. Colbert. Well, while we are optimistic about the COVID numbers are going down, we know that all the protections have been working. You know, the things we have, have had in place has been very successful. 
and we hope we're hoping that you know we can end this year very strong and making sure the numbers continue to de decrease and with even fewer cases in the community uh, COVID in other community of course you know as we look at this we want to continue to work with the uh, university and, and the chamber because you know in order for us to be successful we need to be a team trying to have the same goal and focus on hand face space yeah absolutely i love that yeah can you tell us a little bit about the video with sam hurley mm -hmm. and the fhs cheer and dance teams yes uh you know sam is a fps student who has a remarkable presence on social media having him to participate is certainly a win and a way to spread the message for hand face space you know to bring the students in the cheerleaders you know they are stressed in that so uh, it's going to be a little nice little competition that we share with the students and all and see if they can even get into that shuffle move uh, with the hand face space and so we're kind of excited that they uh, put that together for us to share with the students yeah absolutely it seems like a lot of fun and how can people get involved in the campaign where can we find you know additional information yeah. Sure, uh, you can find the video and more information on, online uh, via the Chamber website, as well as the district website. So we ask people to go there and they can find that information. Oh, here's oh, yeah. a video of you right here, Dr. Colbert. Uh, looks like you're gathering some people to show us a little bit of the dance. The dance you're gathering move, people yeah, right here. I love this. Yes. All right, there we go. Oh, okay, yeah, I love it. Look at your moves, right look at your dance moves right here. <laughs> I feel like you were, a, you were a dancer at some point in your life with all these moves. Yeah, that's, that's a dream of mine. I always wanted to be a dancer. Maybe <laughs> 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 show my talent. Oh, it's a dream of all of ours, I think. You know, we definitely wanted to stress the hand, face, face theme. Yes, and it's catchy, too. It is catchy. Hand, face, space. I mean, I've already got it locked in. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it cool? Yes, it's great. Okay, so at the beginning of that video, you can see the, the superintendent go like this to the, the mascot when he didn't have a mask on. And so I, I, I hear you. What you're saying is, is that this, you know, get away from me, you're, you're toxic, you're bad is what your second grader, third grader was experiencing at school. Yes, and there is a link that I can share with you all. Um, and it just has a COVID shuffle where it's just strictly the dance. And that's exactly what you will see. You will see um, it was it was a big collaborative effort, right? You have football players, cheerleaders, everyone in the district coming together um, all in concert with this idea. And the moment that um, the bulldog mascot walks up, it's as if he has leprosy, right? Do not come near me until you put on a mask. And that was my point in, in addressing the school board. I think, um, you know, one thing that is perplexing to me is all of these yard signs, right? You know, kindness is everything. Kindness matters. Be a kind human. And uh, I totally agree, right? But that goes... Uh, that's not just for, if you agree with me, then I will be kind to you and you deserve kindness. No, right, like that's, we should treat everyone that way. And I think that was what was so hard during that particular time. Um, I, and I, I mentioned this before, I think that there were a few factors at play. I think that one, there were a lot of people living in fear and I understand that. And I understand that, uh, that time can be very difficult and paralyzing in a way, and you want to take all precautions. I understand that. I think that there also were teachers who were trapped in that district, and they didn't have any other choice but to go along with what they were required to do. I cannot tell yeah. you the, the the number of teachers that reached out and said, 
I don't agree with this. I'm so sorry. You know, this is, this is the way that it is. And, and they even couldn't say anything because for fear of, you know, um, it coming back on them. But then also the aspect that was the most disheartening was there were, there were people like me who genuinely and earnestly had questions and concerns. And um, that wasn't an attack on anyone else, but it was like, Hey, like we have questions and we were, you know, called uneducated, selfish, um, you know, every name, you know, uh, sacrificing our kids, you know, you're, you know, going to kill your child. I mean, it was, it was nuts. And um, there was just no no room to be able to protect your child. No room, no room to have any other opinion other than what they wanted you to say. And that's not, well, that's not right. No, I think you're, and, and you're right. And, and I'll just speak from my experience as a school board member. I had parents coming to the school board, standing there and saying, my child um, has trauma, previous trauma yeah. and cannot wear a mask because of that. And, and I can't find a doctor to give me a note because they're scared they're going to lose their medical license. Yes. Um, you know, I, I have a child that has a hearing impairment or, or, and, and now they're wearing a mask and they wear mm-hmm. glasses as well. And their glasses are fogging. And I just think about a child again, can't hear now is covered. Ma- their mouth is covered. Now their glasses are fogging. And I know yeah. that would happen. I wear glasses yeah. and, and you just think about a child trying to survive in that way. And there was so much evidence and data that was showing us that the masking wasn't stopping the transmission of COVID, um, but that it really wasn't doing anything. And yet here they yeah. were covering children's faces at this very important time in their development. So Ginny, you get involved, you know, your daughter mm-hmm. needs the the mask exemption. They give her a very hard time about it. But, but at the same time, as you said in your speech, you're seeing all of these other issues, the DEI stuff, the SEL stuff, the CRT, right? I call it the yeah. alphabet soup um, yeah. laced with snake oil. Um, yeah. And and so you're seeing, right? You're seeing that happening in your district and, and you spoke about it a little bit. Um, I want to talk about what's happening right now in Arkansas, um, because I know that, that, you know, you got inspired and started (laughs) this Moms for Liberty chapter and, and, um, but now you are, you are working on a lot of different legislation and I've seen some pictures with you and with Rosalind up at the state Capitol. So tell us what's happening in Arkansas right now that America needs to know about. It is. It's like night and day, Tiffany. It is so exciting. It right. is, you know, you talk about the difference an administration can make. And Governor Sanders uh, immediately came in and uh, on our first day, right, in office, seven or eight emer- uh, executive orders, one of those dealing with indoctrination in our schools, critical race theory, putting a stop to it immediately. Uh, when she unveiled the Arkansas Learns Act, which is uh, it's the biggest investment in education here in Arkansas ever. Her plan will be a blue a blueprint uh, for other states across the country in, in empowering parents and giving parents a choice in how they uh, educate their child. And it's so exciting to see because we really thought that a day like this um, would not come, to be honest. You, I think like a lot of other moms, right? Like we get involved because it is such an uphill battle. It is a constant battle that we are having to wage for our kids. But then to have a governor come in who says, I'm going to walk alongside you guys. I'm going to help you. I'm going to empower you. I'm going to give you options and choice. We're going to bring accountability and transparency into the system. That is... um I mean, that's just amazing to hear. And then, of course, uh, she brings in 
Education Secretary Jacob Oliva, who, uh, as we, as you know, what he accomplished in Florida with DeSantis, it's like Christmas. <laughs> you know, we're just like, this is fantastic. Good. And so um, there are several things that are happening. Uh, we're in. So our for those of you session. that don't know. So for those of you that don't know, Sarah Huckabee Sanders hired the Deputy Chancellor of Education, Jacob Oliva, uh, from Florida. He went and now he is her head of education in Arkansas. So, you know, all of these great things that you've been seeing in Florida and education hopefully are going to be coming to Arkansas. And Jacob is, is a real leader in that space. So that's wonderful, Jenny. And, and um, we're going to show some photos of you guys up at the Capitol, uh, speaking and and sharing, um, you know, speaking in committee meetings. And Rosalind was just that I saw I saw a picture of, of Sarah Huckabee Sanders, your brand new governor, and Rosalind's right there, front and center, <laughs> Moms for Liberty shirt. It was so exciting uh, to see. So and fun. I think you know the one thing I think that's really so fun. I think the one thing that's really important, and I want to end with this, is I think Moms for Liberty and our moms are cutting through the noise. I mm. think there's been a lot of nastiness or media, you know, marginalization or vilification of parents coming and speaking out. Um, but our moms are really putting education at the forefront and making it a priority for legislators. And, and you're doing that in Arkansas. And that's just so amazing. So tell us, what what does Moms for Liberty mean to you? Uh, moms for Liberty means what, what has been wonderful about this organization is one, it really does empower moms dads, aunts, uncles, grandparents, um, to, to take control and realize you're not alone. Um, you, there are so many people out there who, um, who are very like-minded and who want to, to, who want to get involved with you. And I think one thing about Moms for Liberty, and this was what I kind of went back and forth with before we launched the chapter was, you know, um, and because at the time, Moms for Liberty, I think, was just like in maybe the first year. And it was like, well, you know, what do we do? Do we just try to do this on our own? And you can. You can try to do this on your own. But when you bring all of these moms together and you're working in unison and then you see it happening all across the country, um, that is that's an incredible positive thing. And I don't really know of any other organizations like that who one, our joyful warriors. You're right. We're going to cut through the noise of everything. You can call us every name under the book. That's not going to. That's not going to change what we believe or what we think. Or it's certainly, certainly not going to uh, make us stop fighting for our kids. And so, I would just encourage anyone who's out there, um, if you are, if 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 you want to see more um, parental involvement in your child's school, if you want to um, see your values align with what's being taught in the school rather than what they're pushing down your throats right now. Find a Moms for Liberty chapter, get involved. If there's not one uh, in your county or in your state, start one, start one. Really, there was not one chapter in Arkansas and now we have several and um, you won't, you won't regret being involved in Moms for Liberty. I love that. Thank you for that, Jenny. It's been such a um... It's been such an honor to build this organization with Tina and Marie and to find all these moms across the country and bring them together. And I think you're right. You know, we do a chapter chair call once a month. We have mm -hmm. all of the chapter chairs from all over the United States. And that's Hawaii too. I want people to yeah. understand. And so you have hundreds of moms together and we celebrate our wins, right? And yeah. sometimes it's getting a bill passed, right? And signed into law, but sometimes it's getting a, a worksheet out of a classroom or getting mm -hmm. a district to prioritize reading and literacy and, yeah. and to acknowledge 
where they are as far as literacy is concerned. So it's just been such an honor for us to be able to meet all of you and work with you um, and really to fight for the survival of America together. So Ginny, I just want to say thank you so much for joining us today. You really embody the joyful warrior spirit. Any last thoughts for our moms? Uh, maybe a little advice about raising kids who are willing to step up and, and stand for uh, what they believe in. I would say um, continue to set that example. Let your kids know that it is okay to be scared. It is okay to feel unsure about some things. That wouldn't be courage, right? If we didn't have a little bit of those feelings. And so um, it's okay to swim against the current. It's okay to not go along with what everyone else is doing. I feel like right now when up is down, down is up, um, you don't want to, you don't want to go along. And so just encourage your kids in small ways to do big, brave things and then nurture that and foster that and just continue to check in with them. You know, how are you feeling? Um, are you still okay with this regarding the mask mandate? But, um, when your kids see you doing hard things, doing brave things that encourages them as well. And there's no other, uh, there's no better thing right now than to encourage our kids as they move on to the next generation. Absolutely. Jenny, again, thank you so much for joining us. Thank it's been wonderful you. to talk to you. Uh, listeners, oh, you're welcome. Go to momsfortheliberty.org and check it out. You know, we talked to lots of different people about lots of different things here, but I wanted you to hear from one of our moms directly about the work that's happening in her state and, and what it means to be a part of Moms for Liberty. So thank you to everyone for listening today, and we hope you have a great rest of your day. 